So you and I have been together 20 years. 20 years. First one on our first date. Long and time. We're officially together. And it shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, we became parents after knowing each other like 18 mm. months. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that we have neglected our one-on-one -on -one relationship a little bit. Just became Should I be worried? No. This calls for concern right now. Here's my advice to younger couples if you're out there thinking about getting married or you're on the cusp of actually getting married, maybe reconsider. All kinds of stuff went wrong at our wedding. I mean, geez. Uh, I'm going to say something kind of controversial here. Totally on board with what you're saying, but I will disagree with you slightly. What I'll say is. Oh, wait, I'm not done yet. Okay, continue. I don't think that Excuse there's me. anything Ooh. wrong. <laughs> Ooh, spicy. I don't know. Life isn't perfect. The world isn't perfect. Our relationship isn't perfect. Right. People will ask us whether or not we get into arguments. It's yeah, probably because we do. we do. We get along so well. We, we, we genuinely do. Most of the do. time. Best friends. Yeah. Absolutely no doubt. But friends fight too. Because me, Melissa doesn't piss me off every now and again. <laughs> well, you're the one that. Your goal should never be to have a happy marriage. But for the record, I've always been really happy with you. That's good. Yeah. Cheers, Mama. Cheers. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Love you so much. You too. And uh, everybody will be happy. First of all, welcome. Welcome in, everyone. Happy yeah. Valentine's Day to you as well. You will notice that at the back of our table here. I decorated. Minus the lack of decor that is up on the wall that everybody points out. We're getting there. We're working on it. I promise you one day it'll be glorious. But in the meantime, <laughs> we have just some uh, little decorative hearts in a jar. Red jar. <laughs> this is the pointless decor that just drives you crazy. But I felt like in the spirit of Love Day... We're going to do some hearts, like a kindergarten classroom. Love day. I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is the history behind Valentine's Day? Jeez. Question for you. Do you know? Uh, St. Valentine's. Elaborate. He was a Catholic. I actually have no idea. And a saint. He was a really good guy. What does that have to do with, <laughs> with love, specifically? I don't know. I actually don't know the history of Valentine's Day. Me neither. Okay, good. Shame on us. Well prepared. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not here to teach a history lesson. I mean, really, Valentine's Day has just become this very hallmark excuse to sell stuff chocolates roses that tends to be the way that i look bears. at it but it's very pessimistic and negative so i try not to bring it up i do love you though oh that's nice but you love me every day so valentine's day has, was never a big deal for us when we were dating or before we had kids but now it's just kind of a fun thing to celebrate with the kids it's always just been about the kids for us it has absolutely become a family holiday in our case yeah. and uh, we have the valentine tree up in our living room which, yes. <laughs> which very closely resembles a christmas tree you actually wouldn't notice the difference mm, i don't know why you think it resembles it is it because it is our christmas tree <laughs> yeah after christmas you may notice if you watch our videos over on the good simple living side of things that our christmas tree becomes a valentine's day tree it does kind of like at like new year's ish yeah that happened when we the very first year we lived in the tiny home because normally I am like there is a schedule for decorations and New Year's Day the tree comes down but in the tiny home we had this tiny little skinny pencil tree they call them and Kieran, Eli and Kaimani did not want to take the tree down on New Year's mm -hmm. so after I took all the ornaments off they got all desperate and they cut out like paper hearts and stuff and they were like look mom it's for Valentine's now we have to keep it up and so we did that year and then the next year, Kira made like a bunch of felt hearts and stuff when she was doing all her needle felting. And hence the tradition of the Valentine's tree. So now we have full Valentine's ornaments for it, lights, a tree topper. Our family's weird. <laughs> Needless to say. Our family loves an excuse to celebrate. It's just so funny we'll when everybody comes over, when somebody comes over and they see the tree, they're like, um, oh. <laughs> how long are you leaving that up? And we're like, well, it's not Valentine's Day. And we have to explain it and then they just give us an even crazier look. Yeah. They're like, oh, that doesn't clear it up. <laughs> it's always fun. Yeah. So 
we have we decorate for Valentine's Day, and then Valentine's Day has just kind of become like a family date thing. Yeah. Sometimes we go out and do something fun. We used to go bowling and stuff like that, but now it's turned into like a make a fancy dinner or heart pizzas or something, and then family movie night. And that's what when we have do. we ever done a fancy dinner? We've never done a fancy dinner, but the kids talked me into buying like these really overpriced crab this year. What? Yeah, so we're doing like Dungeness crab. This is all news to me. I know that's what that's what happens when you take Kaimani to the grocery store. So anyway, we're having crab. Oh, the house is gonna smell delicious. Awful. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I prefer to keep it as a family holiday for us. It yeah. works for us. Again, it's non traditional, but we are a very non traditional family. And besides yeah. that, kind of like you referenced a second ago, I really don't like the over commercialization of the holiday it kind of if anything for me it just takes away from ultimately what it's supposed to represent well my mom always made a big deal out of it growing up and it was always like she didn't for my dad she didn't get my dad anything for valentine's day but like for us she would bake us a heart cake every day or not every day (laughs) every valentine's (laughs) day and we were able to eat cake for breakfast on valentine's day and then she would make us like a sweatshirt back when puffy paint was really cool Mm -hmm. She would buy like a plain white or pink sweatshirt. And my mom was very, very artistic. And she would write our name on it, puffy paint, like Melissa. And then there would be heart over the eye. And then she, one year she made this whole striped heart that was gigantic and it was puff paint. And then it had hearts going down the sleeves. And she made us, she decorated our kids' shoes. Your kids' shoes? Yeah, my kids. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I got to go to school, second grade, decked out in my puffy paint, Shirt made by my mom and the other kids were like, you have the best mom. They were like, nerd alert. No. And she would make (laughs) us a Valentine bag in the mornings filled with like all these Valentine treats and always a teddy bear from Hallmark. Every Valentine's Day, Hallmark would release a new bear and we got to bring the bear to school. You had a far more charmed (laughs) childhood than I did. Again, I was raised by a single father. So for me, the typical stereotypical Valentine's Day Day was like, go to school, get some of those horrible chalky hearts with the messages on them. And maybe a couple of girls in your classroom will send you a note. So remember how exciting it was for Valentine's Day as a little kid, though, because you would decorate the shoebox? No, no, I don't. You didn't decorate a shoebox no, and then exchange Valentine's? Literally in my household, that was no, no, at in school. school. Like a diorama? Is that what you're describing no, right you now? You decorated a shoebox and then everyone brought Valentine's and then you went around and you gave everyone a Valentine oh, in their no, shoebox. I don't remember that. I remember. What kind of school did you go to? Uh, Hawaii Public School, represent. Shout out 808. Gee-hoo. I do better. Um, no, I think we had. I remember like little gift bags in a couple of my elementary yeah. school classrooms and then like to make things fair, fair and equitable for everyone. It was like everybody got one. And then if you wanted to like trade notes privately, you could. And I don't know, this was a long time ago. How yeah. do you remember these things? Because Valentine parties were a big deal in school. And then you would get your class list with all their names and then you would go to the grocery store and you would pick out what Valentines you were going to give everyone. And then you would make sure you didn't give the boys any of the lovey-dovey ones. So you would have to write specific ones. It's an interesting point. Do you think that men and women view Valentine's Day very differently? Yeah, it was an event. Depending on the stage of life you're in, I feel like. Because there's definitely a lot more pressure when you're like in your early 20s to to come through and make sure that you're doing something special and memorable. And then I think once you're married, this may, now there's always exceptions where people still may make a big deal out of Valentine's Day. But I feel like if you go out to Valentine's Day dinner, you're going to see a lot of young couples out. You're yeah. not going to see a lot of older married couples or like. Have we ever done that? No. Not really, huh? No. Reason being? It's stupid. <laughs> I, I agree that it's stupid. I am on the same page as you. 
But for the kids, it's fun. And I think with our kids not going to school, I feel this immense pressure to make sure that their childhood is still magical and has these memorable little parties and reasons to celebrate that you get in school. Yeah. So they're really looking forward to Valentine's Day. I'm sure they are because you've made it a very special, <laughs> traditional thing. You've yeah. set a you've set a high bar. Yeah, high I expectation. expect them to carry like my mom did it with us, and then I'm pretty sure at least our girls will continue that with their kids. No, that's great. I'm glad you do that with the kids. But yeah, for me, you said it was stupid. I, mean, I don't. I think I think it's great to take aside some time or a day to mm-hmm. to celebrate with your loved right. one, with your spouse. Um, in our case to you know just remind just stay connected and remind each other how much you you care for one another and all that it's great but it, we really have never partaken I, I feel like you just don't like to be told when to do it like yeah i don't <laughs> i don't like the pressures that come along with it like yeah. you better you better do this you this is the designated special day you better make it special yeah I, the only day we ever really go out on an annual basis is our anniversary which i think is great because it's yeah. it's for us it's right. our special day nobody else is aware of it you know aside from yeah. the kids but that's when you and i usually go out and have a nice yeah. dinner. For I feel once. like if you're not celebrating your anniversary, you're not putting any effort into your marriage at that point, and like you need to reevaluate. <laughs> like you yeah. should at least be going out on your anniversary. You need to acknowledge that day and celebrate another year of partnership. So you and I have been together 20 years now, and in that time, we like I said, like we've said repeatedly now, we've never really gone out of the way to make sure that we are checking this this obligatory box mm-hmm. of making sure that you do things that the standard couples are supposed to do. In fact, people have expressed some concern with us when it comes to those types of situations because we've always chosen to do things collectively together as a family or just to forego it entirely because we are very, we're people who are very dead set and focused on one thing at a time, Right, I would say. And and to us, it was always more important to save money rather than go out on this special day Mm -hmm. that everybody goes out on and to spend $300 for a single dinner. It was like, no, I can pocket that $300 and put it towards <laughs> something that we need over in Idaho. Yeah. That's always it was always about Idaho. Completely. Yeah. There was like the Idaho piggy bank. And then do you regret that decision at all? Or, or the fact that we've done that? No, I don't. I don't because now we're 40 years old and we're here mm-hmm. and we made the dream happen through that discipline and through that sacrifice and by not spending money on things that we didn't need. And, but I do think that we have um, neglected our one-on-one relationship a little bit. And I don't think it was due to saving money or anything like that. I think we just became... Should I be worried? No. Just cause for concern right now. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, for me personally, I immersed myself into motherhood so early on. I mean, we became parents after knowing each other like 18 mm. months. <laughs> and then, um, you know what I mean? Like, we hadn't been together very long and we became parents and then it's never been the top priority at any given time we didn't do the traditional like we dated for two years and then we had this like whole romantic engagement we went around and we tasted cake and we picked out dresses and it was all about you and i it was wait what when did we do that we never did oh yeah i'm saying yeah we didn't and then we got married and it was just us and then we went on this honeymoon and it was all about you and i and being together and getting to know one another we We didn't do any of that skipped that (laughs) For the same reasons, because from day one, we have been on the same page about, hey, let's save money and let's put that money and all of our efforts toward trying to make this vision, this dream that we have for ourselves happen from the very jump. I mean, we got we got married in Vegas 
on a package deal at the Mandalay Bay. <laughs> we literally paid for a package. You got your like ceremony, everything necessary for the ceremony, your photographer. It was $2,700. And that was a package deal. <laughs> it wasn't the premium package because if, I wish I had just paid for this stupid premium package. It was like $3,600. Yeah. And you actually. Hey, that was a lot of money at the time. That was I a know, ton of money. I was like, you got the, um, like the digital copies of your photos, which yeah. we don't have. No. I really wish we did. Um, Me too. So, <laughs> you know, is that worth the extra 900 bucks? Yes. In retrospect. Mistakes were made. Yes, mistakes were made. But it was $2,700. They married someone there every 55 <laughs> minutes. I'm not. It was like, hurry up. Yep. Hurry up and get married. I remember running because you and I like went up to the, we didn't even do the whole like, don't see the bride before that. You know. No. So you were getting ready we were, across the hallway from me. Yeah. And then we were in the same room and I was trying to grab my dress. We were running to the venue because we were supposed to be there. You're supposed to report 20 minutes before your ceremony. And it wasn't your dress. Whose dress was it? I borrowed it from my sister. That's how cheap we were and are. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, I could go get like a prom dress or something for a hundred bucks or whatever. Or my sister, she splurged on her wedding dress and it was this beautiful Jessica McClintock, like $5,000 beaded dress. I don't know who that is, but yeah, hey, if you're going to borrow one. It's a designer. That was a nice one. And even though it's not what I would have picked out because it was very form fitting and it wasn't like I would have picked out something more vintage, I guess. But I was like, it's free. Price is it, right. And it's sparkly and pretty. And so I just asked her if I could borrow it. And I just had to have it dry cleaned. It worked out. And hey, look, we still ended up married. In I the know. End. So it turns out that you don't need to spend all this money on your wedding. You don't need to go out and buy a $5,000 dress. We're very simple people. Yeah. And, and that works. I think as long as you're on the same page. And I think as not. long as you're on the same page. However, my recommendation would be, here's my advice to younger couples. If you're out there thinking about getting married or you're on the cusp of actually getting married is do not blow Tens Vegas. of thousands of dollars as you were trying to get your life started with your spouse on a single ceremony that you will have very fuzzy memories of, as will all your guests. Um, just maybe reconsider. If you want to do it and you have the means <laughs> to do it, reconsider. have at it. But when it, for us, we were a single income household at the time. I was a new police officer, not making much money. We had actually already purchased, because we do things backwards, a, a home for yeah. ourselves prior to being married. And you know what? $3,500 was a lot of money yeah. at the time. And, you know, you take everything into account. And I don't want to make myself sound like a total cheapo, but I bought you the nicest solitaire ring and diamond that I could possibly I afford at the you time. You bought me a real ring, and though. That was nice. It was adorable. It was adorable. It was. We, um, we gradually upgraded over time, but it's still nothing that's all that impressive. In fact, you're not seemed, even wearing it today. I know. I, I wear a rubber out. ring now that I paid $24 for because it's safer for construction. Um, Speaking of, you know where I got my wedding ring for our eBay. ceremony? eBay. You know how much it costs? You know who else got their ring on eBay? Smart people. Uh, Mila Kunas and uh, what's his name? Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. I, I can't say his name right. It's Kutcher. You had it. Um, they got their rings on eBay and yeah. they kind of have the same similar story of like, we didn't spend all this money and they're celebrities. Multimillionaires. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing, right? I mean, like, look, we're still married. Yeah. I, I have Without a rubber silicone rings. ring that cost me $20. You were wearing one too, because it's just more conducive to our lifestyle currently. But yeah, yeah. it's just another one of those things to where I think people get duped into spending $3,500 on flowers for your ceremony and you need to rent out this massive venue for your reception. And we had our reception in our When did that happen? I mean, when did people start getting married like the royalty? I don't know. I think it goes along with everything else. You know, we've seen these, these weird evolutions where like there's this massive sense of entitlement with, with people. And I get that it's a special day. No doubt it is, but they're 
the amount of money that you spend on your wedding ceremony does not equate to the level of joy and happiness that you will mm -hmm. subsequently feel. It doesn't. You can make a day very, very special and keep it incredibly simple, as was the case for us. Yeah. And don't go into it thinking it needs to be perfect it because doesn't. stuff's going to go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and you need to just, I yeah, best advice I ever got going into my wedding was as long as you're married at the end of the day, it was perfect. And we were. And that was the like best advice because all kinds of stuff went wrong at our wedding. I mean, geez, <laughs> don't even get me started. A lot of things. From like the days. Oh, she's. How about the um, cake? I forgot the cake. I forgot to order a cake. I mean, all the hustle and bustle of like flying to Las Vegas, having a two-year-old. Um, <laughs> Non-traditional. Yeah. Um, trying to keep 50 family members happy because we said, we're not doing a wedding. We're just going to get married in Vegas. If you want to come, come. Well, 52 people came, which yeah, like awesome. our whole family came and our great. friends and it was really fun. Um, and it, the cool thing about that is you kind of weeded out the people that didn't really want to come to your wedding because they had to buy it. You had to buy an airline ticket and whatever. Mm -hmm. So if they showed up, they really wanted to be there. Yeah. And really appreciate it. It was awesome. Everybody was there that was really dear to us. And um, but I, in that hustle, I forgot to order a cake because we rented out a restaurant and we were just doing like a, a portion of a restaurant. Yeah, we rented out like the big banquet hall in this Italian restaurant. It was a room. It was like, a yeah. room. And we said, we just picked two things off their menu and we're like <laughs> on the wedding. It was chicken or steak, chicken or steak. <laughs> and um, that was it. And so because those were like both of those meals were like $24. So mm -hmm. each guest per head was $24. And um, but everybody was happy with that. Everyone. Yeah, it was totally fine. And. We decorated the tables and then there was like this cake table they set out and my friend was like, who's bringing the cake? And I was like, oh, <laughs> I forgot a cake. And this is literally the night before we went there late to decorate the tables. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, I have no cake. So my dad ran to Safeway and was like, we need a wedding cake like right What's now. <laughs> <laughs> and. The lady's like, uh, okay. And she literally just took round cakes and stacked them because she had different, and she had to like frost a small one. I think it was like a baby smash cake or something that she stuck on the top and it was just white. And then he's like, the colors are white with black and they're doing like a Vegas theme. So we had like lucky in love was kind of our theme. And we had like, like little, on there. we had poker chips and like mm, card, nice. like the queen of hearts cards. And yeah. we made it fun, like a Vegasy theme thing. Yeah. Anyway, she took some liberties and she made the cake white with black and red big piping i mean black mm. piping like you wouldn't believe she instead of white went around the edges with black and then the big black swirls it was the ugliest wedding cake i've ever seen in my life i didn't it, have a problem with how it looked it didn't look like a wedding cake but the funniest part of that frosting was what the funniest part of the frosting was that there was so much dye in it that it dyed <laughs> all of our guest teeth purple i mean purple purple and hilarious. everyone's like thanks for that <laughs> hey, but it was classic see and it wasn't it wasn't like a permanent thing it's just while you were eating it you had like bluish purple purple teeth. teeth it was funny it was the ugliest cake i've ever seen and it kind of made me love it more because right. it was such a funny story and instead of being like this is the ugliest cake my wedding day's ruined we just laughed yeah, you and roll with the punches yeah it, it was, was it was genuinely funny it was and memorable fun and special yeah what i'm saying doesn't doesn't require money per se right and then yeah all of our friends rented out because we didn't have a dance reception because it was a restaurant and so we decided we're gonna rent this vip vip room at this dance club and get bottle service and we're gonna like, all VIP, go out VIP i know would be a good thing that actually sounds we're gonna good room with right some pies. <laughs> <laughs> just all the pies um <laughs> 
So we were supposed to go out and my purse went missing. It was your mom grabbed my purse mm -hmm. and took it back to her hotel room. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have my ID. And we couldn't find it. And no one knew who had my purse. And so we thought that the restaurant staff had taken it right. because it was sitting there. And then all of a sudden it was gone. And she thought it was like your little sister's purse or something. And so it was gone. We didn't discover it till the next day. So we, instead of going out, our friends went out dancing on our wedding night. Yeah. You and I went back to the hotel room to cancel all our credit cards. And then we just went to bed. <laughs> We well, just go to bed, but it was nice because you and I had the evening to ourselves. So yeah, you were all happy. You were like, "This is so much better." In uh, our it was again in a weird way, and not to spin it, but we it made me. I remember I've, I vividly recall being like, "No, nah, this is great, and this is how it should be. We shouldn't be, you know, out dancing side, to get on up and shit." Yeah, we shouldn't be sidetracked and distracted. It, it was awesome that you and I got to spend our wedding evening together alone. Yeah, and um, you know, yeah, it's it's something I'll I'll always remember. Yeah. So it worked out in the end. Yeah. And Avea slept in my parents' room that night. So yeah. it was our first night away from her and she was two doors down. Yeah. <laughs> that was like anxiety for us. No, it was good times. But, you know, again, lesson to be learned there is it doesn't have to be fancy. You don't need to dump a bunch of money into it. And uh, you have to learn to roll with the punches and realize that mishaps happen. Yep. And when they do, um, you know, just embrace it. Yeah. So you and I have been together 20 years. 20 years. 20 years in September will yeah. be from when we... First one on our first date. Long and time. We're officially together. And it shows. <laughs> like in like in our like in our faces. In our or face, <laughs> in our skin, our body. You know. Speak for yourself. The usual stuff. No, you look great. You actually aged like really like a fine wine. Seriously. Oh, no, I tell you all the time. Valentine's this isn't just this isn't just for the podcast. This isn't just for the cameras. How often do I tell you that? You are a fine wine. No, I think personally you look better today than you did back then. Than at twenty five? That's very, very sweet of you. Okay, serious. Seriously, we've been through a lot and, you know, like there's been a lot of stress along the way and uh, it's it's taken us a, a long time to find a stability in our life. And I think now that we have it, like we, we're both, although we have aged tremendously, we are both, uh, we're both, our, I feel like our, our stress levels are down tremendously and it, it shows, it, re it reflects. I, well, like that phone call we were on the other day when I, I was kind of wondering, you know, what is the difference between like younger people and then people after 40? And I think after 40, you just sort of stop caring yeah. about the opinions of other people. Oh, that happened for me a long time. I but know. Yes, even more so now. But there's peace in that because you you learn through life that you're never going to make everyone happy. And so just be you. Be And you learn to be very comfortable in who you are. Yeah, I agree completely. Like, there's there's a, a lot of self-actualization that happens, yeah. I, I feel like, at, at this stage of life to where, you know, you're still very able-bodied. You have... Uh, uh, some degree of wisdom. Um, and yeah, you just become very comfortable in your own skin. That's definitely the case for me. Yeah. A lot of people say their forties were their absolute best decade. Makes like sense. I hear that from so many people and we're just starting that decade. So I'm really, really excited to see where it goes. And because I feel like we're settling into, to our own now. Yeah. We're not, we're not on this uphill climb. We're not right. like racing towards some destination. We're settling into where we wanted to be. Our twenties were all about survival and proving to ourselves that we were capable. I feel mm -hmm. like this is the way I viewed it anyway. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of news. There was a lot of firsts. There was a lot of uh, learning how to be a parent, learning how to be a homeowner, learning how to uh, operate in your career for myself, yeah. learning how to balance all of those things simultaneously. Um, a lot of work, a lot of looking forward, a lot of saving, a lot of, uh, you know, setting goals for yourself in our thirties. I feel like was a lot of work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You are now comfortable in where yeah, it is that you a are lot of for the most part, but Buzz, you better be mm -hmm. busting your buns because this is the last decade where you're going to, you know, physically feel 
capable and still have this really high level of energy to get stuff done and start yeah. checking those boxes. And that was definitely the case for us there too. Uh, we had rental properties. We had a, a larger property where we taught ourselves a number of skills prior to moving out here. We established this goal. We started working our way to achieve this, this goal dream that we've had. We busted our butts to build this, um, you know, invest our ass, our invest our, our dollars wisely. I was going to say assets <laughs> to establish assets, okay. uh, invest our money very wisely. And we're finally around, uh, you know, I feel like we're, we're emerging now mm -hmm. in our forties and yeah, it's been an interesting journey, but I love the way you put that. And I think this, this decade will be one that we both find hopefully very enjoyable yeah. and satisfying. It's going to be a lot of changes, but I think instead of like trying to resist them, you have to just learn to embrace them and yeah. Which, which isn't my, it's not my strong suit by any means, but no. I feel, I don't know, even with that, I feel like I've, I've, because I had to do it, you know, on so many occasions to this point that in this decade, all four of our children will be adults. I know what I'm saying. I don't, I don't like those changes, but I feel yeah. like it's, it's, uh, it's unavoidable. And you know, there, there have been so many instances in the past now to where it's, it's served as like repetitions for, mm -hmm. for what is to come in the future. I feel like, yeah. I mean, in this decade, 40 to 50, our, all four of our children will be adults at the end of it. Terrifying. We will probably become grandparents in this decade. Also terrifying. Yeah. And who knows where like all of this goes and what our lives look like even professionally at the end of this decade. Yeah. Like we have no idea. You know, what my biggest takeaway is from life over the last 20 years, especially is that uh, you, you really aren't in control. In our case, and you can make all the plans that you mm -hmm. want. You can you can think that you are in control. That's not the case at all. You are just right. along for the ride, and it takes uh, acknowledgement and a lot of faith. In our case, to to take those um, take those clues that are given to you mm -hmm. along the way, and to obey, and to listen, and to uh, trust. Yeah, and it's very reassuring. But it's 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 scary at the same time. But it's worked yeah. out so well for us, and I, I I so strongly and firmly believe that. That is something to be relied upon is, mm -hmm. is that that faith and that guidance along the way. Yeah, I think things I've learned too would be like if somebody doesn't value you or value what you bring to something, don't try to convince them. Don't force it. I used to always try to like prove myself and because like when you're going for like job interviews and things like that, you'd have to try to present yourself or like when you're dating, mm -hmm. you know, you have to try to like prove yourself. You know, you want this person to like you. You want this person to hire you. Um, and now I've learned, like, if somebody doesn't see the value in you or what you have to offer, don't force it. Like, it's not meant to be. Mm -hmm. Leave no, it alone. Agree. And that's not going, it's never going to end well right. if you have to convince them. So just walk away, yeah. which we did recently. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, we have had to do that recently. You want to yeah. touch upon that? You want to explain I'll touch, that one? Yeah, I'll touch about, um, pretty. So we announced at the very beginning that we were working on a partnership that was really exciting. I mean, really exciting to me. And um, it ended up not working out because after four months of like legal and all this stuff, we just started feeling more and more and more like not a good fit. Like it wasn't a good fit. And like they didn't see the value Even though it really could have in been us. A, a like a great fit. Yeah. I think it probably would have been, but I don't think they saw the value like we saw the value. And then it just started not feeling right. So like what a week ago, we contacted them and we said, you know what, we think we're going to end this process. And that was really, really difficult to do because I was really excited about it. Yeah, so was I. And I thought it was going to be a great fit initially. And it just turned out that wasn't the case. And that's yeah. okay. And um, I think it again, was just not meant to be. I think that was exactly. kind of God's way of protecting us. Like, exactly. hey, he kept giving us little like, it's not right. It's not right. Right. And so I think, I think ultimately, like, although I was disappointed and it was a hard thing 
to do, like, I think ultimately it's going to lead to a far better. I completely agree. And um, I'm still grateful for the opportunity. I'm happy to uh, be making these connections. And yeah, it's just kind of the way things go. But like you just said, and like I I said a second ago, it's just, you know, yeah, you have to be able to read the signs and clues and know Mm -hmm. when something is a good fit ultimately and stop trying to force it. And (laughs) so we have, uh, we've moved on and I want to, I don't know how much detail we can get into with all this, but we are still making efforts and strides to, to try to really build what it is that we are working Mm -hmm. on here. And, uh, I think that that ultimately will work out very favorably. We've had a lot of interest in people, uh, that are wanting, wanting to partner up. And, uh, this is kind of the ugly side that nobody really cares all that much about. So I'm on here, but yeah, we are, we are still in the works with trying to really establish ourselves here with this show and what it is we're trying to do. Yeah. It's very, it's a very, it's still our passion project and we still really want it to succeed and we will see if that is meant to be or not. Absolutely. Um, so what do you, what has been the biggest takeaway for you over the last 20 years that we have been together specifically Mm -hmm. with regard to our relationship? What's your massive takeaway? We have learned a lot. I think when we both went into the relationship, like all young people were, we were very self-centered, you know, when you're young, everything kind of revolves around you. Mm -hmm. All of your thoughts revolve around your future, right. your friends, your, the boys you want to date, like all the, you know, everything is like, what do I want? Where do I want to go? And then when you get married, all of a sudden it's this partnership. And I think there's a learning period of still being kind of self-centered and then having to shift that into, and not, not, I don't mean selfish. I just mean like, I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly. The embodiment of you no longer being a singular You're entity. not single you are anymore. A, yeah. You are a package deal. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And every decision you make is not me anymore. It's a we. Mm-hmm. Us are. And I think that that's where a lot of young people fail in the first five years. Or struggle. Just struggle. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there are some that just walk away or they're like, this is too hard. I don't yeah. want to do this. It's a transitionary thing. It and is. I, I mean, we've all seen in those relationships where you can tell that one person is more bought in than the other. And it's a very uncomfortable thing. And I think, again, that's a situation where you should maybe consider just at least at the very least reevaluating and reassessing. Well, it's hard when you're already married. So I'm not saying when you're married. Hopefully it hasn't gone to that extent yeah. because it's, it's tragic when it is a marriage, especially when it involves children. Um, yeah. but, but there's always more, uh, I mean, not always, but there's very oftentimes you, you see it. And people, I think people recognize it when somebody's more uh, bought into a, a relationship or a marriage. And that can't be the case. You have to have buy-in from both sides. Both people have to be fully committed. And I think that's, that's, that's the way you, you make such great strides yeah. in, in your life and your relationship together. Well, I think it's challenging too, because when you're trying to think like one entity, when you're trying to act like one entity, like I'm coming at it from a very feminine point of view and you're coming at it from a very masculine point of view. That's the beauty of it though. It is, but it's also the challenge of it because Mm -hmm. when you're trying to make a decision for us, you're coming at it from your point of view. And when I'm trying to make a decision for us, I come from a very different place. Mm -hmm. And so I have to try to think about what what would you think of things and like that i think that's a lot of times where things clash yeah, but that's that i would say that's where the beauty comes in because you have to go out of your way to really be conscious of that striking that balance yeah. and that, that sense of compromise in everything you do well i think it becomes easier like we've been together for it 20 does. years like i can hardly remember days where like there was before you and then there was after you and mm-hmm. there's they're like two different lifetimes yeah. and i was two different people because then once I was with you, it was us. So much better. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it, 
I've never had a moment of pause. No, but, but even when I say things like compromise, like uh, there are still day-to-day, moment-to-moment things where, where both of us have to compromise on something. <laughs> she points to the parts <laughs> at the back of the table. But see what I'm saying? Did I say anything about that? Did I express any It's Valentine's Day. No, did I say anything? <laughs> I said nothing. You and even dare. though even though I would never place this on the table, <laughs> I'm happy that it's there and I'm happy that you like it. And, and while maybe subconsciously it is a compromise on my part, I never feel like I'm giving anything up do you know what i mean i I never feel like there's anything that i have to forego and i'm just bitter and upset about it that's never the case very very rarely i'll say is that the case yeah i would say like that would be my biggest advice to people in any relationship is don't view it as uh, i'm going to say something kind of controversial here so something that i've never really loved is girls trips girls nights Mm. um guys poker night and stuff like that where like the wife can't Go. It's never been our thing that we've ever done. And anytime that we've ever gone to a party, we've actually been criticized for standing there together. Like, <laughs> why don't you go sit with the girls? Why don't you go sit with the guys? I like to go Separate sit with them. the guys. One, because you're there. Two, because that's where the whiskey is. The girls are always drinking like fruity drinks and like the guys over there having you know, like great age whiskey on ice. And I'm like, mm. I will, I <laughs> will, over there. I'm totally on board with what you're saying, but I will disagree with you slightly. And what I'll say is, that oh wait, I'm, I'm not done yet. Okay. Continue. I don't think that Excuse there's me. anything Ooh. wrong. <laughs> Ooh, spicy. I don't know. It's it's, um, I don't think that there's anything before you guys get all mad. Cause I already know where this is going. I don't think there's anything wrong with going out with your girlfriends, but, but, when you start hanging out with a group of women and you've got a lot that have their own marital issues or are going through divorces and things like that, those little things and the conversations can poison your own marriage. So if you're hanging out with like four divorcees and everyone's like, oh God, these guys and da da da, and they're flirting with men and you're this married woman. And I just, don't think that it's conducive for a healthy marriage. If I'm going to go out and I'm going to spend money and I'm going to take a day to find a babysitter and everything like that, I'm going out with you. I agree with you completely on that note. What I was going to say is that it, it probably varies uh, to a certain extent from yes, couple to couple. And if does. you and your partner both agree that it's fine to take a, a day out of the week for yourself to go hang out with your girlfriends or your guy friends, fine, great. That's just not something that we've ever done. And I think we've always yeah. viewed it very differently because again, we are each other's comfort. Yeah. And some people view that as being uh, very weird. unhealthy and weird. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's what brings us joy. It's what, you're what makes mm-hmm. me happy and uh, vice versa for sure. So I think the reason that I find it to be something that you need to keep in perspective or like, again, if I had five girls that were like, Hey, we're going to go get dinner. Do you want to come? I'm not going to be like, no, that's not healthy. Like, yeah, I'll go, but I'm not going to do it Except every week. I'm not going to go. Well, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, do I already have my sweats on? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going. <laughs> so anyway, if it was like pre-planned and for some reason I didn't come up with an excuse to get out of it and I went, I don't think that's unhealthy. But if it's like every Friday night, I go out with my girls and you can't come and you don't know where we're going and we're going out and we're drinking and we're, I, I don't, I don't know. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's put it this way. If you were presented with a hypothetical of, uh, stay home in your sweats yeah. and watch a movie with daddy and the kids or go out with those same five girls that you just referenced a second ago out somewhere in, in Sandpoint or wherever at somebody's house, which would you rather do? I would already be on the couch with my mind. <laughs> Being like, this is what I'm saying, because I think I'd make the same decision, but that's yeah. just us. You have to realize right. that not everybody is that way. And that's fine. So 
the the thing is is that we are told as a society especially our young people of like you have to keep your independence so i don't think there's anything wrong with going out with your girlfriends i guess i didn't word that right but when you're doing it in an independent way, like I have to go do, our kids are jumping on the trampoline <laughs> just, right outside the window. My eye. I was like, what is going on? Professional. All, all of a sudden our so kids are like, <laughs> um, when you go at it in an independent way, like I am going out with my friends or we go on a Vegas, wild Vegas trip every year because I'm trying to maintain my independence. It, it's a mindset thing. So if you're going out just because you're getting a break from your kids and your husband's having poker night and you're going to go get dinner with your friends. There's zero wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But when you go at it with like a, I, he don't own me. I'm going out. I got my friends. Like I'm still, it's it's a different, now you're no longer one unit in all that you do. And, and in, in the ways that you think you can still be a unit with your wife. If you go out with your friends, that's fine. But when you're doing it to maintain your independence, separate from your marriage i think that's where it causes damage okay let me piggyback okay. piggyback off of what you just said and it, it ties into what you just mentioned here a second ago with um if you're out and about with with your your friends and you you end up like you use the example of hanging out with a bunch of divorcees divorcees however you pronounce it and everybody starts bad mouthing men or their their partner i don't think that there's a situation that ever justifies or warrants that and i've been in those situations many many times where mm-hmm. a group of guys will get together when i was back at work um, or I've had friends in the past where it was, you know, the the thing to do was to to get together, vent about our partners <laughs> or their partners because I would never partake because I just don't think there's ever a situation that makes it okay to make disparaging remarks of any kind about right. your 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 wife. In my case, um, that's that's never something I would I would never badmouth you to anybody, and I don't. That's something that I would I would absolutely remain steadfast on. Mm-hmm. Like it, there's there's never an excuse that makes that okay. Right. And, and it's so unfortunate that that's such commonplace because I feel like that's men or women. I think it poisons your relationship. So it a totally lot of people does. are like, no, I just have to vent. Like I just need to call my friend and just bitch about my husband. Don't do that because when you're putting that out, it, you can't take it back for one. And this is your partner. This is this person that you're supposed to love that this is someone that is supposed to be your own flesh. Mm-hmm. Would you do that to your children? Never. You know, so... Why would you do it to your life partner and your spouse? And I, I think that's where it becomes poison is when people go out and then they bash their their own marriage. And even if you're listening to someone else complain about their marriage. I've never liked that. Yeah, I don't like it either. And it, it just puts a negative tone on the whole thing. And, and then are, you can so, go home and it does affect your own marriage. Because does. your what husband you will do one not? of those same things and you're like, that does suck. It, it infiltrates your it thoughts. It just chips away at your relationship yeah i've never mm-hmm. even when other people are doing it I, i've never partaken and it seems that so many do it with such a nonchalant attitude where i've seen i mean yeah people do this all the time and like we i guess we do it casually but you know i'm joking people will crack a joke at the expense of their partner right in front of their partner in a, like a social setting oh yeah for attention to where it's like there's there's a lot of truth behind it mm-hmm. you can tell that there's a lot of resentment behind it like when you and i do it like, you know, whatever fair game right. and i know you're joking and you know i'm joking and but it's always made me very uncomfortable i've never understood that it totally that. depends on the joke and it's probably because i like again like, you know, we're so intense with the i feel like we we treat these types of situations or just like our marriage and relationship or like our, you know, our, our, uh, our role as parents, we take everything so seriously. I, mm-hmm. especially like, I don't, I don't, again, I've said this on the podcast many times, but I, I don't play when it comes to my family. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, I'm willing to cut people 
a lot of slack in a lot of areas. And I have many times over the years, but when it comes to my family, when it comes to my wife, not happening. You're yeah. talking about there are very few things in this world that I'd be willing to lose my life over, but you being my wife and them being my kids would be the two top things yeah. that I would be willing to, to lay my life down for. Yeah. And I think in our marriage and in our relationship, we've had, it's been a safe space, like, because... Oh, don't the, use the term safe space with me. <laughs> well, it's been, it's been a... Safe environment. Well, okay. It's been an area where we can communicate openly. We can bicker. We can full on fight, which, you know, it's happened where we'll get really mad. Argue. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, no, we would not fight. <laughs> we don't physically fight. It's a police but clarification argue, side of me. I mean, we'll get into arguments. Yeah, we get into get arguments pretty heated. all the time. Yeah. People will ask us whether or not we get into arguments. It's yeah, probably because we do. we do. We get along so well. We, we, we genuinely Most of the do. time. Best friends. Yeah. Absolutely no doubt. But friends fight too. Doesn't mean Melissa doesn't piss me off every now and again. <laughs> well, you're the one that makes me <laughs> mad. <laughs> so, yeah. But it happens, you know, when, and especially sure. we spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We work from home and we work together. together. Yeah. Like it's not like we work in our offices yeah. from home, you know, like we don't have that. And so. We're together a lot. So, I mean, just like siblings will fight. Like, yeah. we can get into a full argument, and then I'll be like, do you want chicken for dinner? And you'll be like, no, I don't feel like chicken. I'll be like, what do you feel like? Yeah, it's never been good. <laughs> again, we know what it is. Um, it's safe. Yeah, and it rears its ugly head every now and again. And you should be able to hash out issues, I yeah. feel like. like but We're humans. Life isn't perfect. The world isn't perfect. Our relationship isn't perfect. Right. But it's... Um, it's great yeah and and you know yeah in those instances where we get at each other's throat it's it, like i said it's it's It'll always be, very it's quickly always resolved over something so dumb always too. over something stupid and we are always very quick to move on and yeah. and not hold any resentment in fact, i remember even laugh our first major fight you do yeah our first major fight this is how long it took us to get into a major fight um i was pregnant with kaimani what yep and we were going to seattle from vancouver to go to my baby shower for Kaimani. I was that pregnant with Kaimani. And I, this was when like stretchy pants, like stretch pants oh my gosh, just yeah. became like kind of in style again. And I was pregnant and I was like elastic and I got a pair and I was wearing like this dress and then I put them under it because it was kind of cold, but I wanted to wear this like little dress thing tunic top i guess it was too short no oh, this story is already going to require some additional elaboration oh anyway i was going to wear this and he was like or you were like your legs look like peter pan <laughs> and i was like i'm sorry what and i was all dressed to go to my baby shower and you're like what are you wearing on your legs are tights. Those tights? tights yeah and i was like they're stretch pants you're like why are you wearing those and i'm like why are you judging me oh, this makes me sound like such an a-hole well right no now. i mean it was just like an observation like no the thing i didn't so like male, about it you just think out loud the thing i didn't like about it was that this is when the whole entire like yoga pants trend started taking over yeah. and women started wearing it and you ever tried them on they're really sorry i'm gonna state my opinion on it even though i'm sitting here with like a fresh haircut and brand new t-shirt i'm not somebody who cares whatsoever about ordinarily what i wear you guys see me on the main channel you wearing. have a shave ice t-shirt on that you got at a gift shop in hawaii <laughs> That's brand, brand a new, brand new t-shirt. A brand new t-shirt. <laughs> the so the, the difference is that, or maybe I'm just an a-hole. I don't know. Um, I think I you kind of were being that day. I you were in a bad mood and you were picking and I was like super pregnant on the, and I remember <laughs> being like, what 
the bloody like <laughs> i was so mad and we got into a yelling match i remember that over argument. I don't remember. stretch pants i was like you are so yeah, rude again, you're not pregnant things. and you're like oh i'm pregnant i have to wear stretchy pants and you were like you're just trying to wear pregnancy clothes so, yeah, i was mocking a pregnant woman we heard her <laughs> that's me now, we got into this ridiculous fight and i remember thinking like this was it was the first time we had ever yelled at one another and like you were like, you're acting like your dad or something like that. Or I said that? Something like that. No, and I, I was like, what? That. And like, we just got into like this massive fight over stretch pants. And it took us like three and a half years of being together to get into this fight. And that's what caused it. Anyway, that was our big, that was our first big fight. Stupid stuff. Stretch pants. Like you said. Yeah. I, we've gotten into fights about like just the dumbest. It's never about anything serious. I can't remember ever no. getting in a fight about anything serious. No. Yeah. It's always something dumb. And I think a lot of people, that's their story where it's like someone didn't put the toaster away and then it turns into like a three day argument. Yeah. No, but it does, it does happen. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Every time we get questions like that from people like, oh, do you, you guys get along so well? Do you ever fight? It's like, yeah, of course we fight. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're together all the time. Yeah. <laughs> we built um, three structures together. <laughs> show, show me two people who are together like 24 seven that eventually won't mm-hmm. encounter some kind of a yeah. conflict. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. And then then you get the the follow-up to that of like, well, why do you guys never like show like no, we're not gonna show our fights. <laughs> you don't want to see that. There are certain things that you want to see that. There's a lot of things that are very off limits, but that's something that yeah, we would never of course we're not gonna record no. ourselves arguing with each other and then post that on the internet. It just, yeah, <laughs> that, just that would be weird too, because be whatever weird. brings on an argument is always something very random when we're just like making breakfast or something. So why would you then get out the camera and film that? Like, wait, hold on, hold that thought. Let well, me get the tripod. <laughs> this has been a very interesting discussion about love and marriage, but I want to solicit those of you watching or listening out there to comment down below about your love advice we've been together 20 years a lot of you out there have been together much longer than we have this is our advice this is our opinion really that we're we're maybe dishing out to some younger folks out there but it's what works for us it's not maybe going to work for everybody but let us know down below in the comment section what you think and and Mm -hmm. how long it is you've been married what's worked well for you yeah what is your number one piece of advice for a healthy i'll say a healthy marriage not a happy marriage don't wear tights have you <laughs> I wear them all the time now and you don't care. Now you're like, yeah. I Com- like those pants. Compromise, right? That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, it doesn't seem like you're compromising <laughs> when you're like, those ones look good. It's just off-putting the first time you see it, okay? That's okay. what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to justify it. All right. Yeah. Well, it's not like I looked great in my Humpty Dumpty physique at the time. So I could um, see why that was off-putting. That was never the issue. <laughs> that was never the issue. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I would just say that it's always been a safe place because to fight to have stupid arguments to be honest to joke around to be a mess to be super sick in front of each other you know like you go through so many things when you live together and it's like divorce has to for me divorce has to be off the table you can't even use that word or like throw it out because then it's always safe no matter what. Like, you're stuck with me and we better figure this out or we're going to spend the next 50 years having the same stupid argument. Yeah, I agree. So let's hash it out now because we're not going anywhere. I don't feel like people get divorced like they used to back when we were kids. Yeah. Or even before that. And I think the reason is, yeah, I think a lot of people treat it that way. And, and maybe if you are the byproduct of a divorce, as I am because my parents got divorced, it's something that I'm very sensitive to. And like you just said, it's never been an option. Mm-hmm. When we got married, you know, I, I told myself, I'm like, oh, this is it. There's, there's, yeah. no, there's no out unless, <laughs> unless I kick the bucket or she does. Yeah. This is it for the rest of my life, for, the, for eternity. Right. So, yeah, I think it makes it very easy to uh, 
maneuver your way out of a situation or a marriage mm-hmm. when when you always are peeking over at that lifeline that's right. there and accessible to you at any given time. But or, if you just yeah. eliminate that from your your available options, I think it makes a, a marriage far more smooth sailing than, you know, I a think lot of so people too. are aware of. Yeah. Like, I think it's a big fear of people's. And so they keep that lifeline and they keep that independence. They keep that separate bank account. They keep that separate. That's so foreign to me. I know. And, or like that separate group of friends where like the spouse doesn't even really mm. know them. They're never invited. They, mm-hmm. you know, like I have my friends, I have my money. Yeah, I have no. my job that I go to that you are no part of like, and they, ha- they live this separate life and then they come home and then they try to be married. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean, I guess that again, maybe there are different folks out there and that works for them. I just, I can't envision a scenario where that, uh, again, it's that buy-in that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. When you, you have one foot out the door and you're just dabbling your toe into your marriage, it's not the way it's, it's supposed to be. You're so supposed to be easy all in. to want to leave that way because you've got all this over here by yourself. And then when over here is making you miserable, which there's times in marriage where it's hard. And if this is making you miserable and then you have all this independence over here, it's so easy to bail. Yeah, it's a package deal, baby. Yeah. Package yeah. deal. You stuck with me even when I make you miserable. And I think, I think like, so I was listening to Jordan Peterson and somebody asked advice on a happy marriage. Mm-hmm. And then everyone on the panel gave their advice about how to have a happy marriage. And then he was like, that's a stupid question. Because your goal, and I love that, he was just like, the question, person's like, mm. I respect it. Yeah. And he was like, your goal should never be to have a happy marriage. Because if your goal is happiness, when you're not happy, which you're not going to be a lot of the time, and it may not even be due to your marriage, but there's miseries in life. There's trials in life. There's times and chapters in your life where you will be depressed and miserable and down. It can be the death of somebody. It can be your own illness. I mean, if you're fighting cancer or your mother just died or you lost your job or you're, you went bankrupt, you know, there's miserable times in life. And if your goal for a healthy marriage is happiness and you're not happy, now you feel like your marriage is failing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you should have to be happy all the time in your marriage as long as you're together. And you're working it out and and that's your safe space. So if everything's going wrong in my life, I might be feeling very unhappy. And even when I'm with you, I may still be feeling depressed and unhappy, but I don't, I'm not like my marriage isn't happy right now. Um, therefore our, our relationship's failing. I don't mm-hmm. think that's the case. And I think that was a really, really strong point to make that through the trials, you should be together and you should be there for one another and and come out of those trials and that makes your relationship so much stronger yeah that's what it's about yeah so but for the record i've always been really happy with you that's good yeah it's very reassuring i mean there's been like little segments like little like an hour here and there where i'm like not happy with you Mm. um but i don't mean like in general i just mean like you know. No, we're very blessed people we're (laughs) very fortunate that we we get along as well as we do and i think um we have a very beyond similar uh outlook on how this is supposed to to go and function and it works very well for us and i get mm-hmm. that everybody's different but i think that there are some very rigid i'll say uh baseline concrete concepts that you can apply to any relationship if, if you have any chance of really making it work yeah. and i don't know it's it's not always very easy to put your finger on it but i think at the very least you both have to be bought in you have to be on the same page for the most part when it comes to most mm-hmm. things um and you have to like i said it'd be if commitment it, it requires everything of you everything. like you just said good times bad times hard times easy times great times yeah. um and don't keep track 
for the love of God, people don't keep track. Yeah. Don't keep track of wrongs, even though I'm still holding that stretch fan <laughs> argument. She says, I need to let that go. Later. I need to, I need to, I need to let it go. No, I'm no, not. it's true. I think a lot of people will ma maintain a scoreboard in their minds. Yeah, yeah. Like he did this and this and this and this. And I think it's very human like to keep track of like the bad stuff and remember mm -hmm. the negatives Agreed. instead of all of the positives. Yeah. And it's better, I think, just to not keep track of it. Don't be like, I do more around the house. And like, I think that's a huge argument for you people. You know how I tend to think of it? Again, as a, with the, as we are a cohesive unit, we collectively have this batch of things that need to get mm -hmm. done around here. And as long as you and I collectively manage to hit on all of the points yeah. within that collective goals for the day, week, month, year, then we're good. And we yeah. usually make up for each other's shortcomings, like I've always said, and I think that makes for a very great well-rounded yeah. situation and hopefully that's that's something that people can can forge over time with their partners yeah i think it's a really challenging thing when you have kids especially when you first oh, have absolutely. kids because, yeah because you're figuring it out yeah and there's never a time when the dad is doing as much as the mom no. with a newborn or even with a toddler it's, first to admit it it's absolutely. just not going to happen so if a woman is becoming um discontented or feeling animosity towards her husband due to him not doing as much with the baby well that's just that chapter of life that you're in well and hopefully the your, your male counterpart is is offering up something else to make up for you know your own personal shortcomings with being so invested in the kids it's, it's yeah i wouldn't say that it's fair to be like oh mom's busting her butt over here taking right well, and, and dad's dad over is here. playing video games right that's that's not that's not contributing that's no longer thinking that collective uh yeah. you know that, that mindset now you're acting as a selfish individual indulging in something that brings yeah. you joy instead like of she's got the baby no right. that's that's not what right. I mean, but that's, so that's where like both partners have to be a hundred percent in all the time. Yeah. And because there's definitely going to be times when you just can't, mm -hmm. you know, like you're busy, you're tired, you're sick, you're working extra hard on a project at work. So there's times when you're not going to be able to be there a hundred percent of the time. And then the other partner has to pick up the slack, but it needs to go both ways, but there's, it's never going to be 50, 50 all the time. And so you can't keep track because you're one unit, you're a team and you're doing it for your family. Amen. Yeah. All right, let's wind this down. Right. Happy Valentine's Day, Mama. Love you so much. You too. Love Everybody you. Everybody out there, thank you so much for watching and listening. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Oh, well, I just noticed that 50% of you guys watching still aren't subscribers. I just got a little thing. 50, Is it 50%? 50% are it's not better subscribers. Than it so it helps us tremendously if you guys subscribe because um, that subscriber number really matters on podcasts because it helps us book really good guests for you guys. So that's kind of the one, whenever we reach out to a guest, they're like, how many subscribers do you have? Yeah, <laughs> that's always the number kind of one the question. Podcast game yeah. So to time. continue bringing you guys really great guests um, and just be able to bring really interesting people on. It really helps us if you just hit that button. Correct. Cool. All right. Thank you guys. Have a great week and we will see you uh, next week here in new world. Old soul and over on good simple living until then you guys take care. Bye. Happy Valentine's.